With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to Live Dharma Sunday. If you have called in to listen to this morning's broadcast, please note that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you are joining us from either the Bright Dawn Ning site or the Blog Talk Radio site, please note that it is not necessary to call in. If you're experiencing loss of audio, or the Blog Talk Radio player is not working properly, please refresh your page and hit the play button once more. It may take a few moments for your browser to complete the buffering process. Once again, welcome to Live Dharma Sunday, and enjoy the broadcast. Sunday for March 25th, 2018. here. So very, very glad you joined us. Oh boy. You know this <clears throat> weekend, um, my son and daughter-in-law and their nine-year-old, uh, their nine-year-old daughter came to visit. They live about a three-hour drive away and Every once in a while, they they drive down, and uh, they're up north, so they drive down to our place, and it's so nice. The nine-year-old is so enthusiastic, you know, <laughs> like George Bernard Shaw said, oh, youth is so wonderful, too bad it's wasted on the young. Um, she especially enjoys playing games and they bring some, you know, board game type things and <clears throat> new ones. They take off the the wrapping and whatnot. I don't know. Maybe she got them as gifts or something. And and, uh, and we have fun. And part of it is, you know, we adults get jaded. And you can imagine, you know, nine-year-old, you know, and enthusiasm is like having two right hands, if you're right-handed. And, in fact, there was a, one of our lay ministers a few years ago. He was always, a, you know, optimistic, very happy. And, well, and so I uh, gave him a Dharma name of Enthusiastic Son. <laughs> Joe Yo, you know, Son, S-U-N. 
everyone gets that S-U-N, you know, for bright dawn and the sun and sunrise. And then the first Chinese calligraphy character is more personalized. And the Zhou is the character that stands for enthusiastic, you know. And you might think that that doesn't have much of a Dharma teaching, but, you know, joy or enthusiastic son. Um, you know, I was thinking about my father's book, Everyday Suchness, and there's a chapter in there called Is Life Fun? Um, I don't remember exactly you know, how he put it, but it has to do with uh, laughter and the role of humor and, you know, Lightheartedness does not necessarily imply superficiality. Um, in fact, there's, I think, also in Everyday Suchness, he wrote a chapter on laughter. And he told the story of uh, uh, a memory of uh, a person he knew knew how to laugh. He, he, he would laugh with his, you know, what you would call a belly laugh and wholehearted laugh. His whole life is into the laughter. And I remember him saying in that article, you don't need to uh, listen to some esoteric, serious Dharma teaching. You just need to hear this guy laugh. Uh, so the, and I remember there was another uh, Dharma colleague that I respected a lot, senior uh, uh, Dharma colleague, and he always one of his favorite phrases was, "Oh, it's so nice to share life together." Yeah. Ah, sharing life together, and he said that so much. And then, but I, and it sounds like you know such a common phrase. No, not necessarily any dharma depth in it, but he said it all the time, and so I start thinking about it and. Man, that is to be able to share life together, you know, whether it's uh, in, uh, a luncheon with the congregation members after service or something. And uh, It's so nice to share life together. Every time that my dad's um, early morning meditation together and Sunday morning, you know, just don't, just briefly sitting together and, and then he would give a short teisho or a short dharma talk. And he would invariably always begin with, ah, oh, it's so nice to just sit quietly together, share this quiet moment. So nice. You know? <laughs> when you hear it all the time, he says, somehow it sinks in something beyond the words themselves. But anyway... The role of humor, because sometimes when you think about spirituality, it's a serious business, and it is, but it gets sort of stereotyped or whatever, and and uh, gets too heavy. Um, and things like chapter on laughter or is life fun, uh, and the role of humor. And, um, Sharing life together, you know. Gee, uh, you could tap into something that is, um, well, <laughs> you know, we have a, I have a local group that 
plays Texas Hold'em regularly. You know, it's a, for those that don't know, it's the World Series of Poker type of thing that's on TV, and uh, so it's a type of poker game. And you know, we play regularly, and so we all know each other and play all the time. And the ban- banter that goes on, the teasing among friends, that. I think, you know, everybody loves it. It's not so much the poker because uh, there's a lot of casino or card clubs and things, and you go where it's the main thing is you, you, you go to win money, and you're playing among strangers, and you're seriously playing poker. But I'm sure for all of us, when it's social and it's friends, teasing, there's something about teasing friends and we just laugh so much, okay? And we get so rowdy and loud, I'm sure. But any family get-together, whether we're locally, you know, celebrate always uh, just uh, someone's birthday or something. And, uh, and that, But we can't wait for that to get over so that we, <laughs> we could go upstairs. And, you know, they got a special poker table and all that and, and it's all grooved in, you know, uh, and uh, maybe some guy says, oh, I, you know, during the night, and says, oh, I, how come I'm not getting any good cards? And everyone goes, oh, you poor boy. Everyone would jump on the guy or, uh, or uh, <clears throat> one time it was, one guy, Rich, he says, uh, demonstrative, you know, and he get, doesn't get the cards he wants, and he slaps his card down, and he says, ah, these stupid cards. You know, and then I would quip, hey, Rich, tell us how you really feel, man. <laughs> Everybody cracks up, and we just laugh our heads off. Ay, ay, ay. Well, uh, young people, young kids, their enthusiasm and having fun. There's Dharma all over. huh? Let's take it to heart. Well, I want to introduce today's guest to give us a Dharma glimpse. I don't know exactly what he's going to talk about. Roger Sale. He taped his talk, and uh, and I'm just on the switchboard, and I'm going to in here. He's um, was LM5 group. We're on LM10 now. Um and he lives, he and his wife, Dorothy, went through the program together. And they used to live in Jacksonville, Florida, and they moved back up to where they have some more family in Georgia. And uh, let's hear what Roger Sale has to share. I've heard and read the story of how the Kabosi family brought the teachings of Reverend Yomi Kabosi from California and of the lineage of his teacher, Reverend Haya Akagarasu, to Chicago. And I've also heard how the Zen teachings of Reverend Soyu Matsuoka arrived in Chicago at about the same time in the 1940s. And well before that, there was the 1893 World Parliament of Religions in Chicago. This introduced Zen and Pure Land Buddhism to an American audience. So I conclude that Chicago must be the center or the heart of the Buddhist transmission in North America. I feel fortunate 
to be one of the many heirs of both the Kobosi lineage and the Matsuoka lineage of Soto Zen. I should mention too that Reverend Koyo has studied under Uchiyama Kosho in the Soto Zen tradition and Kobori Nanri in the Rinzai Zen tradition. So Bright Dawn is heavily influenced by Zen. Both teach that Buddhism in North America must reflect the peculiar needs and cultural heritage of Buddhism in this culture. This being so, Buddhism continues to both adapt to a new culture and to bring a change in perspective to its new culture. This has been the history of Buddhism as it moved out of northern India into Southeast Asia and into China, Tibet, Korea, and Japan. I'm also fortunate that the two lineages, Soto Zen and American Buddhism in the Kabosi tradition, live together so harmoniously. The Kabosi tradition encourages us to each create a spot in our homes, a special place of tranquility. But what to do in that spot is left undefined. This is where the harmonious blending of bright dawn and Zen come together for me. Zen teaches me how to access that spot, that special place of tranquility, and indeed, how to carry it with me as bright dawn encourages. So the Soto Zen teaching that we should pay attention to our posture, breath, and attention is for me the perfect example of how to enter my own spot. In fact, as Reverend Koyo tells us in his book, Bright Dawn, this spot can be anywhere, either public or private. But if it's public, then don't make a big deal of it. It is your spot and may not be the spot of someone else. So in the interest of encouraging my own practice and yours of Kobosi Matsuoka Buddhism, I ask you at this very moment to do this. Sit up straight. Let your head tilt down. Let your gaze soften. Breathe deeply and exhale slowly. And again, a deep breath. As your body relaxes, let your mind relax. Notice your thoughts, but don't judge yourself for having thoughts. Don't judge who or what the thought is about. Just sit with your open and non-judgmental mind. This is the heart of Buddhism in Chicago and wherever you are. May it be so. Thank you very, very much. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just... Uh, <clears throat> Jotting down some notes that all kind of associations come to my mind when I listen to people talking about the Dharma and it's such a richness there. Um, you know, when you have been a minister and giving a lot of Dharma talks and 
been uh, hearing a lot of Dharma talks and, you know, for several you know, decades, maybe 30, 40 years, uh, you have a lot of memories. And when it comes to the Dharma, boy, it's chock full, you know. You don't, you don't forget the teachings that impact you. Uh, well, even well, just sheer facts of history. I, I, yeah, Matsuoka Sensei. You know, in Chicago they have a Japanese Buddhist Ministers Federation, and it's only about five six ministers of the different denominations: Zen, Shin, um, uh, Jodo. Pure Land and Shingon, Esoteric Buddhism. And, uh, and they I get together for dinner once a year and then they, in the early spring and then they plan the uh, Memorial Day service, community Memorial Day service at the Montrose Cemetery, uh, which is for the Japanese-American community. So it includes not just the uh, all the Buddhist ministers, but uh, the Japanese Christian ministers, okay, and then uh, all the churches, uh, you know, congregation members come and and then they put flowers on, uh, you know, because there's a section in that cemetery for Japanese Americans because a lot of people after the Second World War, they you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't get admittance to bury a loved one in certain cemeteries and Montrose is one of the welcoming one uh, cemeteries. And so, in fact, there was a, a Japanese American mutual aid society founded in the 1930s that helped any immigrants or, you know, ja- uh, Japanese and Japanese Americans that were in Chicago and they bought quite a plot of, you know, a certain section. The cemetery is big, so they bought a section of land there. And then they do the administrative stuff of selling the uh, grave plots to the Japanese-American, you know, so that they're all in the same area there. And it is nice, you know, you, if you if we go walk there, you could see all the names. And, of course, as a minister, you see, you know, you're more familiar with uh, funerals and whatnot, and you could see a lot of names. That, oh, yeah, so many memories. Um, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> Matsuoka Sensei, he was small in stature, but he was a typical Zen teacher, very dynamic, <laughs> you know, like a lion. And uh, uh, and then Roger Sayo mentioned the uh, World Parliament, you know, 1893, okay? And it was the first time where formally Buddhism was introduced to the West. And uh, <clears throat> Shaku Soyan uh, was the uh, Zen representative and uh, made quite a impression. 
and there was a uh, this is a famous stories, but uh, his historical accounts where Paul Karras, who was uh, interested in Eastern religions, and he was a publisher, open court publishing in, in LaSalle, Illinois. And he said, "Oh, I, I'd like to, you know, want to. Could you come and stay and and write and we'll translate and works and Osakso and he couldn't go, but he sent his young student D.T. Suzuki, and that's how. And so he stayed there and lived uh, in the Karis uh, household in LaSalle, Illinois, which is about an hour and a half." South of Chicago, and the uh, rest is history, as they say. But um, uh, everybody, well, I've read a lot of Suzuki's books, and one quote that I'd like to mention because um, Roger Sayo's talking about he's his lineage is well, he's he's very close to Atlanta Soto Zen Center. Ellison Roshi there. And in fact, when I visited in Atlanta, uh, Roger Sayo and the Merrick family, then we went to visit Ellison Roshi and we went to the Atlanta Zen Center and sat in there for a little, just together, quietly. Um, But one quote I remember reading in one of uh, D.T. Suzuki's books, really... I, you know, made an impression on me. And that was the difference between Zen and Zen Buddhism. The difference between Zen and Zen Buddhism. Okay? Zen Buddhism means a Buddhist denomination, okay, that emphasizes Zazen or... See, Zen means meditation, okay? In Chinese, it's Chan, okay? So, Zen means meditation. And when you say Zen Buddhism, then it's a particular Buddhist denomination, Tushin, that emphasizes sitting meditation, Zazen. That's a core practice. But Suzuki says, but Zen, Zen is life itself. That's how he would translate the literal meaning of Zen, meaning meditation, Life itself. Everything's meditation. You become one with it. Live life. Huh? Uh, I always remember that, you know. Uh, and I remember my father wrote uh, in American Buddhism this small pamphlet talks about, well, this is what, back in the 70s, so in the, he was saying that the spirit and manifestation or uh, of, of Buddhism in America, he felt it was going to be at its core, a certain one of the major expressions would be both Zen and the Nembutsu. Nembutsu is uh, uh, Shinran and, uh, you know, Pure Land, uh, the Pure Land, true Pure Land sect of Shin Buddhism, uh, emphasizing Nembutsu, and of course that came from Honen and the Pure Land School. Uh, and uh, he, he, when um, 
I remember a lot of people said, uh, yeah, in Chicago, hey, when you if you go to Chicago, see Kubosa. You know, you, he was, <laughs> you know, uh, Of course, I was raised in, in my father. He's my father, uh, and sometimes when you're raised, you, you don't see your an eye. Your eyeball cannot see eyelashes; they're too close. <laughs> you're looking outward. So I wasn't too interested in Shin Buddhism, S H I N Shin Buddhism, huh? Shin Pure Land Buddhism. I was attracted to Zen. And as he mentioned, yeah, yeah I, I, when I went to Japan, my primary motivation and purpose was to study with uh, particular, uh, at a temples where there was a particular, uh, you know, Zen teacher. Uh, I heard uh, Shiba Yamaroshi, uh, he wrote a book called uh, Flower, Flower Does Not Talk. But anyway, I heard him speak. I was a graduate student at Iowa, University of Iowa in Iowa City, and and he was on a lecture tour. And, of course, he only spoke Japanese, but he had a young lady that, boy, she could really translate nicely. And I remember being in that auditorium and hearing him talk, and I said, I, I want to I go study with Shibarama Yoshi. I read his book, The Flower Doesn't Talk, and whatnot. And so I had my father write him in Japanese a letter, and, you know, and he said, "Well, no, he's retired, and he, so, he, and he was a Linzai Zen, but he recommended Uchiyama Roshi, who's Soto, and that's pretty unusual for Linzai to to recommend a Soto person. You know, that's sort of a rivalry uh, Zen denominations, and uh, so we wrote Uchiyama Roshi, and indeed." He gave permission and whatnot, and Kyoto, Japan, and all that, and the rest is history. <laughs> well, uh, and then lastly, Roger Sale talked about, um, he said, let's do it. Sit up straight, breathe, and he breathed. And immediately I thought about, LM10, the practicum. Uh, part of our curriculum, in addition to books, assigned readings, and so forth, that's the bulk of it. But the last couple of months, just before they finish, we have what's called a practicum. So maybe we have eight weeks or so of the practicum is applying the teachings in everyday life. Now, that's incorporated in their written reports and oral reports through the readings, but here it's just specific suggested exercises on different teachings and topics and whatnot. And it's just, you don't read anything. I mean, a book or anything or chapters, and you just concentrate on that during the week to see whether you could develop your own personal practice, you know, for your lifetime. Okay. And one of the first ones we do is breathing. Okay, talk a lot about breathing. Huh? You might say, "Hey, everybody knows how to breathe," but you know, I, <laughs> when you give a little workshop on breathing, you find out that people breathe all in all kind of ways. 
And sometimes they breathe and they don't know how to empty their mind, which is what zazen does. Uh, you know, you, you don't, it's not easy to sit quietly. When you're forced to sit quietly, then you find out there's a tremendous buzz going on in your head. You're running all kinds of mental tapes and holy mackerel, you got a well, so-called monkey mind. So you try to do that exhale. And sometimes it helps to make the sound, you know, the exhale. It's sort of like listening to a, um, you know, a bell. Bing. It, it's, a, it's ironic. Focus on something, the sound of your breath or the sound of the bell, and it and it kind of captures your your focus and attention and settle down. Everything, all the other extraneous things, okay, thoughts and whatnot. Yeah, just you know. Um, some people, I say, okay, let's <laughs> let's take a you know that inhale and then extend the exhale. Some people go, they breathe in and then they breathe out. <laughs> you know. And real fast, and usually it's somebody who's who's a multitasker, and you know, is a live wire type person. And I said, "Hey, is that?" They don't really realize what extend the exhale means. Well, anyway, that's just a small example, but to be able to breathe, to be able to smile, huh? You know that little. Slight smile of Mona Lisa or Gautama Buddha statues. I think it's so significant just being able to breathe calmly with a slight smile on your face. That's a spiritual smile, you know. That's a deathbed smile, you know, with a calm mind. Uh, Any profound esoteric teaching, you could find it in any simple everyday thing like breathing, smiling, sitting quietly, sharing life together. Uh, or when you laugh, well, you say belly laugh, but there's a quiet center there amidst that. So sometimes... Uh, Loud loudness doesn't mean that there isn't something dynamically spinning like a top or a generator that's very calm looking, but it's balanced, it's dynamic. Okay, when you see that's top spinning, uh, it look it's almost look like it's at at rest. That kind of thing, dynamic quietness. Hey, that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep breathing, and you have a beautiful day. Thank you.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.